number for this. What is nothing? Now that's D. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Oh, hello. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I'm your host, Christina P. I'm fired up. I had my Starbucks. I'm sorry, my Barstucks coffee. Don't you love it? I love getting so ripped. I had a double. I like to get the double tall soy latte. Um, Because I work, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I once was a barista in the summer of 1997 in the San Fernando Valley at Starbucks coffee. And I learn all their secrets secrets and the big secret is that you don't need all the milk at least i don't need all the milk just give me the double shot it's definitely more cost effective you don't want to do the grande because that's two shots of espresso plus a whole grande cup of milk Ugh! and real milk is disgusting by the way i don't i can't even drink real milk anymore and it's just more cost effective. I got a wrap. It was very exciting. Some fruit. What kind of day is this? It's a good day. It's sunny. It's it's like a thousand degrees outside in LA today. Uh, it's like summer. It's fucking weird, man. It's weird. And uh, I'm here. I'm here doing the show. We're going to talk about... Um, well, I'll just give you the background on this. So, uh, Oh, wait. Hey, listen. No. L- first of all... Listen, if you support my show and you, you shop on Amazon, uh, use my banner. Go, and that, what that means is go to thatsdeeprowpodcast.com. You go to my homepage, scroll down, uh, and there's a little thing that says Amazon. Click on that when you do your shopping, and it just kicks back some change to the show. Also, I am uh, doing stand-up comedy again. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ, because uh, I do love being at home with an eight-week-old, but I also... Uh, like telling shit jokes to strangers. So come see me April 1st and 2nd at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. That's Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. And then I'm doing one night only April 20th at the Ventura Comedy Club in Ventura, California, 8 p.m. show. And, uh, and then, look, this is far down the road, but May 27th and 28th, I'm at the Comedy Store in La Jolla, California. La Jolla. San Diego, the fancy part of San Diego in La Jolla. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Christina P, Instagram, at Christina P-A-Z. Uh, there. Is that, is that, have I marketed myself sufficiently today? I forget to do it all the time, and then I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have done that. I should have said things that mattered, besides the show. Uh, yeah, so today, okay, so I got this awesome psychotherapist who wrote to me, um, his name is Mark Barone. He's a, he's in a psychotherapy. He's a psychotherapist. And, um, he suggested we do an episode on Carl Jung on, on synchronicity. And I, you know, Hey, I know, I don't know everything about that. I remember reading something in, as an undergraduate, um, reading, uh, Bruno Bettelheim, the use of enchantment, the uses of enchantment, I think. And um, we've, I think I've done something a little bit on the uh, archetypes of Carl Jung, which is fascinating, and I don't even understand all of it. I think I have a very cursory understanding. So hopefully 
this guy, this guy, Mark Barone, is going to help us out to understand this stuff. And also, I'm going to ask him about psychotherapy. I think a, a lot of people have written in asking about um, therapy. Like, what's it about? How do I get into it? How do I find somebody I like? So let's ask this guy, right? Okay, sounds good to me. Let's do it. So with me, I have an actual, real psychotherapist. Say hi, Mark. Hello. Hi. So where are you calling me from? Where Where are you? I am located in Seattle, Washington. Oh, that's such a cool place. How is it today? Rainy? Love it here. It's it's gray. Not, <laughs> not rainy, but it's it's gray out there. I love it. And you're wearing the shirt that you're supposed to wear when you live in Seattle. This is like the uniform, right? Like. Yeah, 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 the kind of flannelish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look great. I, I moved here from from Southern California, actually. So. Oh, you fled, huh? Here, I feel. I, well, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I lived there for a while, but yeah, when I visited here, it just it felt right. Yeah. And uh, it, so uh, Megan, my wife, and I we visited here, and then a couple years later, we're like, yeah, we're moving. We visited a few times, you know, because of the weather stories and. We visited at different times of the year, and we're like, no, we love it here. So It's awesome. I love Seattle. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So we're doing this episode because you contacted me via email about doing an episode on Carl Jung and synchronicity, which is a really interesting topic, and also kind of a varsity-level topic. So let's scoot back a couple notches. And can sure. you explain, because I've also gotten a lot of emails Asking what what's psychotherapy? What's the difference between psychotherapy and say cognitive behavioral therapy? And so, can you give me kind of a brief description of what it is and how does it help people? Okay, so that's a really good question. So, psychotherapy is kind of a blanket term for uh, I would say counseling. Uh, some people prefer just to call themselves counselors. Um, counseling therapy, psychotherapy. It's really a blanket term for everything, um, and so that that can, you know, cover anything from. I guess there are still traditional uh, therapists that practice Freudian therapy. So anything from Freudian therapy to somebody that specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is an evidence-based practice. What does that mean? It means there's research behind it to show that it's, that it's helpful. You know, there's there's been a lot of uh, 
that's kind of the new thing is evidence-based practices that have some specific research behind them that show specifically that it can help with specific issues like depression or anxiety. Two big keywords on this show. <laughs> because, uh, you know, a lot of the time it's, it, therapy is an experience where, you know, it's not always something that's, that, that's tangible. You know, I'm sure you, you, you know, you've mentioned various, that you're in therapy and, and you can't really prove to somebody that this, that this process is working for you. But you know it's working. Totally. Other, other people can see, oh, well, yeah, you know, you used to um, behave this way or this, this used to really trigger you. And now you respond in a totally different way when this happens. Right. So people can do things like that. But it's not something where you can really say, well, you know, if, you, uh, if we meet once a week for an hour, this is going to happen. Like, you're going to see these specific results. And evidence-based practices kind of have that that def- definition to them in that uh, they they have been looked at specifically and um, and they're backed basically by by science and and one reason why that's kind of a hot issue is that you know the insurance companies will pay for evidence-based practices you know mm-hmm. so they'll, they'll say well we want someone that does cognitive behavioral therapy or we want someone that does EMDR. And so there, there is, there is research to show that, that those things help. And part of it, I think also is that they're, um, they're shorter term therapies. So, you know, the, uh, insurance companies will say, Oh, well, you know, yeah, we'll cover these because you don't, you're not going to have to keep going. Right. Whereas something like, like, um, very other forms of therapy, it's over the long haul. You're doing this as a constant thing. Well, and, and, you know, most people enter therapy because they have some sort of symptoms mm-hmm. that they're experiencing. And, and really, therapy is, is helpful with that, but also just with continuing to build on that. It's not just about the symptom. It's about who you are and what you want mm-hmm. to life. So, so, you know, it, it can help relieve symptoms, but it's also about what direction do you want to head? What do you want to see happen you know, in your life? And, and we're always evolving. We're always changing. And so we need often that, that connection, you know, where we've got somebody that's, um, and this is another type of, of therapy, humanistic therapy, where basically the therapist is, is extending um, unconditional positive regard to you. So, so when I when I work with people, you know, I emphasize at the beginning, you know, so I'm looking to form an alliance with you towards your goals. And so having someone that you can can sit across from once a week or every other week or once a month, however often it is, that has your that really just wants to see you be who you want to be. Mm. And and you can say whatever you want. And it's going to be acceptable unless you're talking about harming somebody else or, your, or, or, or yourself. And then that's something that would be reportable. But pretty much it's, it's all confidential. And so you're able to, to have this conversation with somebody who's not going to be ideally. <laughs> um, and I can say for myself, I don't um, you know, judge people for what they're saying. Because I understand we're, we all, we're all have the capacity for, for basically everything. Like we have... Right. The light and the dark 
Yes. And everything. And that's, I think the key to a good therapy is um, being able to be open with your therapist and not, and, and not fear judgment from them. And I would say to people listening, if you're seeing somebody and you feel like they judge or you can't, I mean, look, there's also things so shameful, I think, in humans' brains that we can't share with anybody, maybe, or maybe over time. Sure. <laughs> right? Like, there's just horrifying shit that you think that even your most trusted therapist. There's some things that, that other people shouldn't know. Or, right. <laughs> Is yeah. that right? You know, some, yeah. uh, some boundaries. Some boundaries, even in therapy. Okay. Um, but you mentioned, and I... I think what's interesting is the idea of triggers and that's kind of, isn't that kind of the foundation of therapy? Like we have these triggers, right? And they're created by who mom and dad, the school teacher. Yeah. You know, the terms we would use are family of origin. Oh yeah. I like that one. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, so we are, we emerge into this world. We were, you know, to get philosophical about it, we're thrown right into, mm-hmm. into distance. And, you know, we, we land with, uh, and I think, you know, if we're going to start talking about Carl Jung, we, we land with some sort of an essence or some sort of a, a soul or spirit, which is kind of who we are. And, but before we even land, there are actually these ideas being formed about who we're, who we're going to be, um, you know, there, there's cultural status. So we're being born into, um, the status of our family and the, the expectations and ideas that they have about who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. So this is happening before we are even maybe even conceived, right? That's really interesting. No, because to, I mean, to some extent your future is determined. I mean, if you look at even, um, socioeconomic, look at being born white in the Western world. Exactly. In the United States of America, if you're lucky enough, like all that stuff sets you up and mm-hmm. sets you apart from the rest of humanity. But go ahead. Yes, go. So, so we, we, you know, we need a place to land. So we have to, um, you know, we, we need that contact, you know, from, uh, from our parents, from our family. We need, um, you know, physical contact, um, emotional. We need our needs met, basically. We need food and all that stuff. And, uh, so, but then there are all these ideas that everybody has uh, of who we are and what we are. And people notice how we are. Oh, it's like, you know, it's a, that baby's so calm or fussy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, um, so, so these kinds of, of traits start to emerge in the consciousness of other people. Um, I think we also absorb the energy of the people around us. So um, if, if we have a, a really accepting and open, positive uh, family, you know, we're, we're going to be absorbing that energy. If we have um, uh, some, you know, parents that are really anxious, we're also going to be absorbing that anxiety potentially. So there's all that energy. And then once we start, you know, walking and talking and interacting with uh, culture and, you know, school and and all of that, then we start getting feedback mm-hmm. based on our actions, based on our socioeconomic status, as you mentioned, based on other people's knowledge of our family. You know, there's all these different things. So, um, so we're kind of like, oh, I'm in this place and, you know, 
I'm going to go ahead and I have this thought. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this, or I'm going to go ahead and, you know, run around and jump on the table or something, you know, and then there's other people's reactions to that. And so then go, Oh, well that re I didn't like that reaction. <laughs> um, or, Oh, I got praised when I jumped on the table and, and, you know, joked around and all this, I, you know, I got, uh, I got people laughing all around me, you know, or in another situation, you got, no, get down off the fucking table, you know? Right. So, so there's all that. So there's all that feedback that, that that's happening. And so, so really it's, you know, there's all this stuff to navigate, you know, throughout life. And, and so, yeah, to come back to what, what you mentioned initially was the triggers. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long no, but it, it needs to be said because um, you're right. It's like you don't grow you don't grow up in a vacuum, and yep. you you inherit stuff from your family of origin. You get reactions and feedback from people around you, and it kind of shapes and molds your personality, right? Like I was encouraged to to do certain things, and yeah, mm-hmm. of course you get attention for certain things, maybe parental attention and love, right? <laughs> so you develop so you develop this. <laughs> Hmm. You develop this other, you know, kind of uh, persona or mask, you know, right? Hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's your of, cat. This is one of my cats. Yes. Hi, meowsers. Horrible. Hmm. And he's a wonderful three-legged cat. Oh, cute! What happened? Awesome. Um. Well, so Orville, I, we've had Orville for 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 years. I think he's like fourteen, and. Uh, we used to, I used to play with him and, and hold him up, you know, and then he'd be like, Oh, well that's enough. And so I'd let him go. And, uh, he one day jumped and he landed. Hmm. I think a drawer was open and he hit the drawer and I didn't know that, that cats can be so fragile as far as bone breaks. Hmm. And so his leg kind of shattered. Oh my God. This was a horrible experience. Uh, and the vet was like, I, I know they knew when we brought, we brought Orville in. It was like, and it was like two in the morning and we brought him in and they're like, Oh, well, we need to do an x-ray. You know? And I felt his leg hmm. felt like it was like fluid, like in his leg. It was, and I was like, Oh, we got to take him now. Cause he, he ran away and then he was, came back in and he was limping and he was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And we're like, no, I think we need to go to the vet. So, uh, just to make a long story short, the only option really was to amputate the leg. Aww. But he looks great. He looks happy. It's actually, like, and he's funny because he's he he. My my wife actually adopted him. He was the only cat out of a litter that was poisoned. Oh, and so he was the only one that survived. And so he's he's our little kind of you know he's a little bit crazy. He's, he's your- great. actually become more lovable like he wasn't traumatized by the experience and it and i think he loves us more because we didn't you know they're like oh well we might have to put him you should just maybe just just put him down he's only gonna have three legs we're like no that's crazy yeah we're not gonna put him down so i think that uh he knows that and he's like yeah you guys could have killed me but you guys love me of course and so i love you guys more now and he's better 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we got we have two dogs, FIFA, who we rescued from a kill shelter, and then we paid a fortune for a designer dog, who's the <laughs> dumbest dog we've ever had. And we call we spent so much on her, and she's so stupid. And FIFA is like the most grateful, yeah, yeah, gentle, yeah. smart guy. That's so funny how animals know. It's it is true that the hardship for some reason makes them cooler animals and people too. I'd say this is. This is all part of it, you know, and when we get into talking about synchronicity, um, I think that that's a key part of, of why it can be helpful and why it can be something that we can use in our lives. So what is that? So it's like, for some reason, when you say that, I think of like a Sandra Bullock movie, you know, her and her and um, Ben Affleck running into each other in the subway cars and, you know after many years of not seeing each other and then they fall in love and the end, right? Yeah. Well, so, so synchronicity, like, like the term psychotherapy, I think it's, it's kind of an umbrella term and I think it covers a lot of different areas. Um, and I think where Carl Jung really, um, you know, why he decided to make, make it a study. One of the main studies of his was that, he thought this is significant. This this is important, um, and I think about my kind of concepts when I think of words like coincidence. Mm. It feels empty to me, and I don't know if that's just me or just the way I've experienced it in culture. Is that coincidence is something that's very easily dismissed? You know, it's like, oh, that's well, that was funny or that was interesting, and and then you know, move back to. The, the kind of, and this is another thing, the kind of uh, hypnotic kind of autopilot state that we get into or, you know, where we're like, oh, well, this is really what's going on right now. I'm on this page. And then this other thing happens and we're like, oh, well, that was quirky. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, no, maybe there, maybe that was something really important. You right. Know, maybe, maybe this is information that, um, that could be really beneficial right now. And but what causes those synchronistic things? He says he calls them a causal, right? Like there are these seemingly a causal things that happen, and right. how do they come into being? Like, do we manifest them to use new age language? Am I attracting? Is it the law of attraction, or what the hell is it? I think I think it actually is, uh, and and he would say that it, it's it's a a conversation between ourselves and the universe. So it's kind of, again, like a feedback system. And why he thought it was important was because of his concept of individuation, which is um, integrating all of ourselves. So integrating everything we talked about so far, as far as we land with who we are, and then we have to, we have to really embody something and usually that a lot of that is um, the mask or the persona, you know, based on the feedback we get from other people. And 
Uh, hold on, hold on, you're melting. Wait, wait, the Matrix. There's a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. Shit, hold on, hold on. You're just getting it's so good too, and I'm so bummed that Skype has failed us. Hold on. Okay, we're back. We, there was a glitch in the Matrix, and and we fixed it now. So continue, Mark. You were saying. Uh, okay. You come so, together. You wear these masks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feedback. Um, so, so, so the individuation process is 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 kind of integrating and balancing all of these things. Plus, uh, Jung developed this concept of the collective unconsciousness. So mm-hmm. that's when the archetypes come in, which are other uh, energies that that can start to kind of express themselves through us. Or sometimes we, I think we can actually become almost trapped in an archetype. So an explain it. So an archetype is like the mother, the child, the fool. Like you kind of, is it, is it a personality that everybody kind of understands? Is that how you would explain that? Sure. You know, there are roles. Yeah. I mean, I think you were, what you were saying was right. So if we get into like the tarot, there's, there's the fool, there's the magician, there's the empress, which is like the great mother. Um, there's the high priestess. Um, you know, you as, is a kind of a, is a comedian. I think that's, that's, that's part of kind of the kind of jester or fool or, um, the bad childhood archetype. Is that, well, no, like, like, (laughs) Like, attention seeking approval uh, needing go ahead well actually you know the jesters and the and uh, there's there's another and the trickster they're 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 these gods that that often will express a truth to the powers that be or to the masses that that are not easily expressed by them you know and i think that comedians do that i think um you speak to these things that other people don't acknowledge, you know, and, and it, and that takes courage and it's very powerful. And I think that, um, you could view that as being part of, of an archetype of that energy. Okay. So, but you can get trapped in the archetype is what you're saying and, and limit yourself. Over identify with, with the archetype. Sure. Um, I think, you know, part of the process of individuation is, is recognizing all the different, um, you know, that we can connect with, with all of them and we have, we contain all of them. And, um, I think that, uh, that David Bowie really embodied so many of the different archetypes, uh, and, and was really good at it. And, um, so I I think you can, you can look throughout his career and, and, and pick out, you know, what, which archetype was he working with? You know, that's interesting. Can you name a few? Like I'm trying to go through it. Well, the, the star I think was the one that he really, um, you know, when he really blew everything away, it was, you know, with was Ziggy Stardust. Right. And the idea of this, the star archetype in, in the tarot is, is the ability to be a channel for, um, to pull things from the universe down onto the material realm. Hmm. And I think that that was a lot of what he was really communicating. And, and then he also killed Ziggy Stardust, mm-hmm. you know, this persona, which is another archetype. Uh, archetype is the dying God, and you have to kind of um, let that go before you can evolve into something else. So cool. uh, and, then he, and then his last album was Black Star. Right. 
So I think, and, and I really think he was communicating all this, maybe even a little bit overtly mm. with, with that, with that, that last album that he did. Um, so I think, um, you know, we could go through and pick a bunch of, of archetypes out, but I think that that was one that he really identified with. That is so interesting. And so it sounds to me and like, there seems to be kind of, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but like a paranormal or like a wooey, airy fairy quality to all of this stuff. Well, that, I think that's why it's, that's why I think it's kind of scary for people. And that's why sometimes in a, in a uh, field, you know, like psychotherapy where, um, you know, it is, it can be kind of nebulous and it can't always be, um, it's not always tangible, you know, what's experienced that um, there is this fear of, of connecting too much or looking too closely at things that can't necessarily be scientifically proven that you kind you, you really have to have that experience yourself and believe in it. And I think the more that, that, that you're on board with, this concept of synchronicity and it being important, it really unfolds. It really, you really start to see it and you really can start to work with it. And it's very empowering. So give me an example of working with it. Like, would it be something like, Oh, I have this problem. Uh, Let's say I'm fighting with my, uh, my husband about, he doesn't take out the trash enough. And I'm really in it. I'm in my car and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm going to talk to him. When I get home, this is going to happen. And then let's say a song comes on the radio and it's like, love your husband, even though I can't take out the trash. And you're like, holy shit, that's what I'm, I'm supposed to love him. Not, is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that kind of, I know it's a stupid example, but. Well, no, there's, there's something, there's something to it. So if you so if you go home if you you have that you know goddamn I'm pissed off at my husband right now I'm going to go home and I'm going to let him have it. So what what archetype are you stepping into for him? The bitch wife, mom. Probably mom. Yeah. Oof. Or uh, or authority. Oof. So how's he going to react to that? Hate no. hates it. Repellent. <laughs> yeah. He hates authority. We both hate authority. So yeah. Oof. So uh yeah, you know, in, in that in that moment, you might want to think about, well, what do I, what do I really want uh, to happen here? You know, what um, do I want? Am I just wanting to to yell at him because I'm pissed, or do I really want to communicate with him so that he'll hear me and I'll feel heard and it'll bring us closer together? No, I just want to hurt him sometimes. Is that okay? <laughs> It's up to you. If you, you, you know, you might be okay with that. I don't know. No, he's not okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just want the other person to bleed. So, okay, yeah. but then, so then how does it help me, like, the synchronicity thing? How, how would that, like, an example of it in people's lives? How would that help you? Um, I'm trying to think of the right example. Um, well, if... I find that when I'm in tune with um, with synchronicity and I'm and I'm open to these things happening, that um, things start to magically happen like around me. So, the example that's coming up for me right now is I uh, a couple of years ago. It was about a year after I started my private practice. I had um, 
you know, I had this office that I was renting and I was getting a really good deal on it. And I had, was, you know, building my practice, had some, some people I was working with and found out that I needed to move, um, from that office. And, and, uh, so I'm like, Oh shit, are people going to be able to come with me and see me in this other office? Am I going to find a place that, uh, that's affordable you know, so I had all the, I had all, you know, I was anxious about it. I'm like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? And so I started, I started looking a little bit, sent out some emails. I looked at one place, and then a friend of mine, uh, who I get together with, maybe uh, once every couple of months, um, that I went through my internship with. Um, she's a therapist as well. Um, she had always told me, oh, I think you should meet my friend, um, who's also a therapist. I think you guys would really get along well. And, um, so I'm like, okay, okay, you know, next time we go get coffee, let's, you know, go ahead and and bring him along. So, so I show up and, um, they're like, well, what's, you know, what's, what's going on with you? And I said, well, I'm looking for, I'm looking for an office, you know, really. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I got a couple places I'm going to be looking at soon. And, um, he says, well, I, I, you know, actually I just found a new office Hmm. And, um, and I need someone and I'm subletting it from somebody and, and uh, with someone. Um, and I think that she's going to take over the office and maybe you can, maybe you can move in there. So I'm like, okay, well that's, that sounds good. And it turns out that, that who he, uh, was, was subletting with actually my current office partner, um, was also subletting another office in the same building from someone that I had contacted. And I was supposed to actually meet with her a couple days after uh, I met with him. And so it was like the same mm. person. And, uh, you know, to me, there's something to that happening, you know, and, and, and I think if I wasn't open to, to those kind of things and, and had them kind of follow the road that, that kind of, emerges that, um, I just would have found the wrong office or, you know, I just, it's kind of feels like there's this, there's this ener- positive kind of helpful energy that happens. So these, mm-hmm. and these things happen all the time, all the time. If you're, but you have yeah. to be open, <clears throat> excuse me, to, so, well, you, have to yeah. you have to acknowledge them. Right. So how young really, uh, you know, when he really says that he discovered um, synchronicity was that he had, he was working with a client who he said um, was very much like in a trance. She was very much in her, uh, this, you know, the, this pattern of behavior and thinking. She was trapped. And uh, so he's sitting across from her and he's thinking, oh my God, like she's, how am I ever going to, how's this ever going to work? you know, she's, she's just trapped in this and she would be talking and she wouldn't even like look at him. And she just wrapped up in this story. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, you know, this person, right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of myself in therapy sometimes when I'm so fired up and I, yeah, yeah, I can it's see my poor shrink just like, God, just calm down, calm down. And I keep repeating the story, you know, I know. And so she, um, she starts, you know, she's, she's just talking and talking and she starts telling this story and she's like, I had this dream last night that um, there was this golden scarab beetle. Um, and so he's listening to this. He's, he's like, oh, he's listening to this, 
this uh, her tell, talk about this dream, and and he says he hears this tapping on on the window next to him, and he and he looks over, and there's a there's a golden there's this golden scarab beetle there, and he opens up the window, and he grabs the beetle and he hands it to her, he and says, he goes, "Here, you stupid bitch," <laughs> and then he slaps it. <laughs> You believe it now, you dumb bitch? Is that what he said? No. What did he really say to her? Thinking that he said, "Here's," he said, "Here's your scarab," and she, and she woke up, and 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 woke up in the sense of like snapped out of her own her own yep. obsessive yes. way of thinking and went, "Oh, there's something else besides me here." I think she, you know when you look at that, you say, "Well, you know, she and maybe both of them called that." To happen they they you know that i think it point i think it, it it points to the power that we have as individuals that we don't we don't recognize you know we she i think for her it was like you know well i there must be i must have some kind of power there must be something else than this than this you know pattern that i thought was happening um and it, i think it was just really empowering for her to say, "Oh wow, I had this dream and, and it appeared." That's that's it. So it's the un- right. It's a, this coming of this. I hate the word manifesting because it's so new agey, but it is like this manifestation of the stuff you want. It's like a, it's almost like a human magical power in a weird way. It's like these unconscious things kind of floating around in the ethers, and if you're cognizant of them, you can pick them out. And then they kind of guide you along your journey, right? Is that is that the thing? I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Is that um, I think there are different different facets of of synchronicity, and I think one of them is that it, it, it's a reminder to wake up, you know, to 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 break out of whatever trance or automatic pilot that mode that we're in. Um, it's also something that I think you know, reminds us of, of, of the influence that we actually have over what's happening. I think so often we get caught up in, in well, this is happening because of, of this other person, or this is happening because of this um, system that I'm in or where I live or. For sure. Sure. Those, those are, those are part of it, but you got to figure, well, you know, I'm not powerless in this situation. I, you know, and I think often people will resign themselves to 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 think that they are, uh, or um, you know, it can be difficult when something traumatic happens to you know believe that things can be another way because it's so intense and 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 because a lot of the time we're not tra- ha- taught how to process the trauma, so it stays in our bodies, actually in our minds. <laughs> Is, how does that work where it stays in your body? What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, so, so we have um, the fight, flight, or freeze reflex. Mm-hmm. And um, we're basically, if we, um, if we sense danger for some reason, um, we're, we're flooded, our systems are flooded with, with adrenaline. We get the mm-hmm. signal that, that we, um, we get all this energy, right? I'm sure you felt adrenaline before, of course, right? Yeah. We get this energy and, and, and we're like, well, you know, wave, 
back when it was to fight off predators or to run from predators. Uh, or there's the freeze reflex, which is like during the headlights. Right. And that's where I think a lot of us get stuck is that we get these, uh, my cat just jumped up again, <laughs> get these, uh, these impulses and they're not, you know, like if, 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 if your husband pisses you off for some reason, you know, you get this impulse, Oh, he's trying to kill me. You know, you get this message, oh, he's trying to kill me. I have to defend myself. But, you know, he's not trying to kill you. Right. Uh, maybe he is sometimes, but. <laughs> he wants to a lot, yeah. Um, you know, but we, we get these, we get this message physically and mentally. And what we actually need to do is something with the energy. So if, a, if an animal uh, is attacked by a predator and it plays dead, and the predator actually walks away. It's like, oh, it's dead, and it walks away. What the animal does after that is they get up and they run around and they shake. Mm. They disperse the energy. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't disperse the energy, it, it kind of settles into our body actually with the memory mm. of what happened. Great. And so then, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So then there's, the, there's this loop. Then there's this loop of, well, I never finished this. I never finished this this experience. I never got the ability to to run away. I never got the ability to fight back. And it becomes this pattern of you know wanting to make things right, wanting to finish that cycle. And so often you see people where these you know they keep getting in the same relationship over and over again. Yes keep happening again and again. And it's like, well, you know, why is that happening? You know, you, we have, we have, if not all the, I mean, you know, there's, there's the other person and what their, what their energy is and the reason why they're in, in that role. There's also why we're in our role and why we're looking for that person that's in that. Oh, boat. good night. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Cause I keep having the same relationship with a certain, there's a certain type that comes into my world every so often, and it gets milder and milder every time. But yeah, good, that yeah. Means, that means you're working through. The, that means you're working through the cycle. Yeah, that you're not you're not trapped. You're actually doing something. That's I've seen that happen for myself. Where over time, uh, I've had it where it, it it gets better and it shifts. It gets less worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then eventually I've had it to where it becomes actually what it should be. Oh, what so we, we're sorry, where you kind of corrected it or you. I think through the process of us kind of advocating in that situation and not being, for lack of a better word, not playing a victim in that, mm-hmm. in that situation and, and not, um, you know, maybe there's this, this person and they make you feel a particular way and you don't say anything about it. You just kind of absorb that message from them when really there's this part of yourself who wants to say, fuck you. I'm not, this isn't who I, I'm not who you're saying I am. Mm-hmm. And the more we do that and it might take, you know, it might take a while to get to the fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be like, Oh, well I gotta go right now. Then <laughs> <You know? laughs> eventually it's like, you know, Sometimes you, you kind of piss me off. Like, I, I don't understand why you said that, you know, so eventually it comes to the, you know, well, just, you know, fuck you. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Cause, um, 
it's so it takes so much courage when, when you're triggered by someone, right? They find your little wound, and mm-hmm. they're just doing their thing, but they happen to find this lovely gaping wound in you, and yep. it's so hard sometimes to go fuck you. This isn't right. Like the, the, it takes so much courage to get to the fuck you to push back, and and is that just because of your trauma or your? Well, yeah, and it, so they could be embodying the the energy of of your one of your parents. Oh God. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, telling your, telling <sighs> your, uh, or, you know, it's, it's, they could be embodying this super important, you know, uh, individual that you may just be terrified of, or just maybe just really want their, their love and acceptance. And, and so they step into that energy for you. They step into that archetype. Mm. Bang, that's it. They step into the archetype that yes. you've got issues with. And now, oh, gosh. Exactly. Holy fuck, it's so much. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, a lot of people, and I know like a lot of people need to see a therapist. And then there's a lot of like this, why bother? If I'm never going to be perfect, why should I even bother? So what would you say to somebody? Because I get that so much from people like, eh, but it's, uh, or I'm not that sick or I'm not that depressed or I'm not that anxious. And it's like, motherfucker, I look at you every day. I know you need this help. I'm telling you, please be a therapist. And the, I think a lot of people think, well, I'm never going to be perfect anyway, so why bother? Mm. What would you say to that? Well, why do you have to be perfect? <laughs> or just... Yeah, right. Why why be perfect? But why not why not want to live a life that's not as fraught with horrible what you, things? What are you afraid of? Me personally? And I, oh, I, oh. Mean, I would say That's a whole other episode. Let's do it. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I, in those situations I I think it comes down to fear. I think that, you know, if there is this narrative that Okay, if I go to therapy, there's something wrong with me. Bam. And I, don't you hate that narrative? It's a, <laughs> I, it bumps me out so much that our society perceives it as a weakness if you're in therapy. And it's so silly. Yeah. Stigma. It's the stigma, yeah. Whereas any other part of your body, if it needed help, you would go see a doctor. Exactly. And why is it that you don't? your emotions are no different? It's a well, brain. You go. That's the other part of it is... Oh, I might have to actually be honest with somebody. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not doing that in other parts of my life, right? I might actually have to let someone see me. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and the other part of it is, you know, and to go back to your statement about, you know, well, why, why should I, you know, I'm never going to be perfect. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's work. It's work to um, to change, and um, I just think that that's that's an interesting question. It's like you know, well, if you're not happy, you know, why why not be happier? You know, perfection is is another one of those messages that we get. You know that 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 you have to be perfect, and you know, I would say if someone believes in that 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 they have to be perfect and that's a good opportunity to go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And believe me, believe me, all you perfectionists out there, I have that perfectionist. Oh, 
that will stop me uh, or it has stopped me. I mean, I work on it all the time, but that can stop me from, from starting a project because, well, I want it to be perfect and I know that. So, so I'm not even going to try. I mean, I, I get it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it would, it would be this conversation of, you know, well, what, what is it about therapies? You know, asking some other questions, you know, well, well, why should I, if I'm, if, if I'm not going to be perfect, well, you know, why, you know, do you want it? Do you want things to be better? You know, yeah. or, um, what is it? What do you think? I think people don't know exactly what's going to happen in therapy either. It's right. Um, unknown, right? <laughs> right. It is. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I heard that. No. Oh, and I think that they're afraid that they will be judged or maybe like, I, I think what you, it is the fear of, oh shit, I have to be honest with myself yeah. and with, in front of somebody else. And those feelings are so scary to me. I've been working so hard to push down those those bad feelings. I've been wearing these masks, right? I've been fulfilling. Uh, I have I have someone in my life who I love dearly who is such a control freak. The house is perfect. The kid yeah. is perfect. Everything is perfect, 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 perfect. And inside, I know she's spiraling. I just know that the control issues are so... But the yeah. thought, I think, of being unraveled is so terrifying Oh yeah, for her. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, you know, the, these things happen because they're, they work. I mean, these patterns, they're, they're, they're safe for a time. I mean, they allow us to survive, mm-hmm. but eventually we're strong enough to, to say, I want, I want to change things. I'm not happy. You know, I want, I want things to be different. I, you know, I, I don't still have to be afraid of, of, uh, you know, my, my parents, you know, trying to stifle my energy or, or, uh, you know, I, I don't have to be afraid of, you know, getting my heart broken, you know, by, um, this type of partner because, um, I know what I want now, you know, and, and I know that, that, that was part of why that happened was I have responsibility for, and, and I want to, f- you know, find the partner I want. I want to live a fulfilling life and want to be happy. Yeah, that's a tall order. That's a it's a <laughs> tall order, and it's but it's not unreasonable. And I think so many people, myself included, for years lived under a veil of um, just like low grade misery, the kind that you wake up and you're like, oh fuck, another day. Here's the job I fucking hate. Here's the partner I'm kind of okay with. Here's my life. And you you just live in, this is okay. Everything's just okay, but it's not great. And I think mm-hmm. life can be really fun and really great if, you, yeah. if you're open to these synchronistic things happening and to therapy and yes. evolution. Yeah, part of it is uh, that the synchronicities can help with is, you know, just, you know, again, kind of breaking that trance, you know, that, that automatic pilot of, you know, well, this is what I, you know, this is where I'm at. Just thinking, you know, what's going on. It's so funny. (laughs) Um, You know, even when people are suffering like so badly, they still think that, that they know what's happening. They're still convinced that they know the truth. You know, even if someone is, mm-hmm. is paranoid, 
um, they still have this idea that, well, I know what's going on. I know what's happening. You know, and they cling to that for whatever reason. Um, and, and synchronicities can really say, oh, wait, maybe something else is going on. Maybe something else is possible. That is so true because I get locked into the reality, right? Like, this is the reality of it. This is the reality of the situation. Everyone's out to get me. This is better. Or whatever looping uh, we all get into, spiraling. And it sometimes it does take an outside force to jar you and go, well, wait a minute. What's the reality here? Like, is that is that the story you're telling yourself or is that the objective reality of a situation? Yes, and also what's you know what what is inside of us is reflected outside of us so oh my god i know (laughs) oh my god i just discovered that Uh, yeah i just read about that one last week (laughs) so we can find you know we can find uh justifications and and you know um and feedback that that supports our narrative of what we think is happening and that's the scariest part is that you can pick and choose elements of your reality to support whatever cray cray thought you have in your head at the given time. That's why thoughts are so important. You kind of, that's why I like to monitor them with a shrink every week to make sure they're, uh, they're helping me (laughs) and not harming. Right. Exactly. Well, Mark, okay. So can you describe what you do and how can people find you if they would like to come see you? What can you help people with? Uh, I can help people with, with lots of stuff. I think, um, you know, one one thing that that uh, comes up a lot is recovery. Um, I work with a pe- lot of people in, in various stages of addiction and recovery. Um, I have kind of a flexible approach, um, meaning that I think that the recovery process is individual to uh, to everyone and unique to everyone, and there is this archetype and recovery of, of rehab and, um, AA and NA. And I think that, that while those, um, you know, those kind of institutions and can be helpful, um, it's, it's not one size fits all. And so the people that, uh, that often, um, I attract or, or find, are wanting um, to find their own way of recovery, and um, so that's that's kind of one of my specialties. Is that you know I have this kind of flexible approach to, you know, finding you know what 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 what's going to work for you, what's going to empower you, um, and um, why has this been happening, and what what do you want to see happen in your life? So that's that's one area. Um, I also work with people a lot. Um, relationship stuff and self-esteem and um, I mean all the stuff we've been talking about is really part of part of my practice Um, and the synchronicity part has really been emerging more um, and that's why you know this whole process of contacting you and just you know hearing hearing you finding you and then and then saying wow um, because I've been wanting to kind of integrate this uh, energy and these techniques into my practice more overtly and more directly. And I've been thinking, well, how am I going to let people know this is how that I'm doing this? And how am I going to attract the people that are interested in this? You know, and there you go. That's deep, bro. You're here. <laughs> and here's, here's the show, you know, so I, I've been thinking about that for a while. And then, 
you know, through various kind of synchronicities, heard your show and then was like, wow, I really, this show is great. And it, and it really helped me, um, you know, I got some philosophy in school that um, there was more focus on sociology and psychology. And, and so I really enjoyed the way you presented the, the topic and because it can be so dense and, and, and no and dry. fun, dry, <laughs> dry toast. I know. And it's so daunting and it throws people off the show. And that's why I didn't want to get too bogged down and not, yeah. you know, the, the root of all that stuff is cool. But I think yeah. white European dudes kind of got too into their, their own egos and heads about shit. That's way simpler. Yeah. Right. So it was really, I felt a compliment to all the other practices that, that, that I do, um, you know, individually and evolving. And, and, um, so I really enjoyed listening to it. And then I was like, you know, well, I could, I could email, I could send a message. <laughs> of course. And, you know, and I, I sent that with the intention of just wanting to kind of let you know that I really enjoyed what you're doing. Cause I know for you, this was probably something you were like, Oh, should I do this or not? You know, the podcast or contacting you. The, the podcast, right? Yeah, it's daunting because, you, you know, this the, this podcast started as a philosophy podcast. I was kind of hiding behind that. And then um, as life happened to me, I think this show has evolved more into a stream of consciousness for me. Where, yes. Right? Every week, I think it started when my mom died. I was like, I should just talk about what's kind of happening and following that instead of hiding behind big ideas. And the, the ideas kind of coincide with life and back and forth and back and forth. They do, and, and they are ideas. They are what we, you know, somebody presented what they meant for them and what they thought they were, and then we look at those ideas and we say, well, yeah, I, I identify with this. This resonates with my experience. Mm -hmm. This is what I think it is. Um, and, you know, so just that process of, of um, you know, reaching out to you and then, you know, saying, hey, this might be a good topic. And then hearing back from you was magical. <laughs> and here we are. We're synchron synchronistically doing stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I do, I've been, um, you know, doing a lot of work that is focused on um, basically self, self work and, and evolving. And, and a lot of that involves um, looking specifically at archetypes. And I, I do work with the Tarot because those, um, images really do um, illustrate the archetypes and just our experiences. I mean, it's just a really amazing way to um, to look at all the different possibilities and roads and and things that are potentially happening. So I'm really integrating that more into my practice now. Yeah, I remember reading in college Bruno Bettelheim, The Uses of Enchantment. Is that right? I don't remember if that's the name of the book. Bruno Bettelheim. And he right. talked about fairy tales and yeah. the use of archetypes in mythology and fairy tales for children, particularly. And I, I remember it was interesting that he said that the Little Red Riding Hood story um, was actually a come of a coming of age sexual story because she's wearing a red cape, which signifies yeah. uh, adult sexuality on this little girl, and she meets a wolf, and the wolf signifies whatever sexual. She's coming into her being as a sexual woman. I thought that was so interesting. But yeah, the use of storytelling and um, mythology and these archetypes helps human beings process, I think, the things that we all go through. And that's why movies are so great and stories and stories you tell children 
um, help them process what's going to happen in adult life. Like I was listening to what fucking, what was it? Oh, it was, I was singing to my son last night, the, uh, um, you know, rockabye baby. And if you listen to the, the lyrics, they're horrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the baby falls from the tree and dies. And, and you're like, why the fuck would I sing this to my infant son? It's horrible. But a lot of these fairy tales, um, at least the Brothers Grimm ones that I grew up on, these German ones, they yeah, teach yeah. you about life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not all, all going to be hunky-dory, and here's life and death. Light and dark. Light and dark, exactly. Yeah. One can't exist without the other. That's right. Yeah, so very interesting. Okay, so Mark, so how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to? Um, the, the best way is, is my website, um, which is... Um, www.catalystpsychotherapy.com catalystpsychotherapy.com okay um c a t a l y s t e s y c h o r a p y dude maybe just go with i need help.com and yeah i mean you could um search for my name and you probably find my website um but that's the best place because it explains in depth, uh, the different things that I do. Um, and it's got my email. You can just click on my email address and it'll open up and you can send me a message or it's got my phone number, all that stuff. Um, you know, pages on like psych- psychology today and stuff like that. But, um, nice. the website has, um, just in-depth information about what I do and, and how to contact me. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, so much for uh, joining and and explaining this stuff, and um, it's been great to meet you. And it's been so deep, bro. And stay deep in Seattle. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, we'll talk again soon. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke. Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato? Maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions. Silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.